it's and I I just I cannot stress enough when you find a great black therapist, they're like gold dust. You're listening to the Black British Parent Podcast, having conversations, sharing experiences, and supporting the Black British Parent community with your host, Deborah Field Penny. Hi, thanks for joining me on this episode where I talk with June Allen about black women healing, racial intimacy and sobriety. The two things that intrigue me about you is your um, Wounded Daughters project that you were doing. And personally, it brought tears to my eyes seeing you do this I mean I joined I don't know if it was your first one but one of the first ones I knew about and I joined your um online webinar yeah webinar and I shared a lot more than I've really ever shared with anyone else so publicly so randomly do you know what I mean Mm. and I know that I felt like I did that because I know what it means it wasn't of course there's a self-healing aspect of it but I knew what you was doing and I know from experience how other people need to hear other stories too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what got you doing, what got you into that? What got you into what, well, yeah, doing the Wounded Daughters? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, initially, I went through my own journey of, of, of pain and everything with my own mom. I had a very painful relationship with my mom. And um, I realized that my love relationships or my inability to have love relationships, you know, what was underneath those relationships and why they didn't work was the relation, the unhealed relationship that I had with my mum. And um, I say that because and this is such a huge topic. So I'll try not to kind of ramble on too much, but it's such a huge topic because it wasn't just the relationship with my mum and the fact that, I wasn't I wasn't able to attach to my mum as a child because she had her own trauma that she was she had unhealed. Yeah. Um. The more I researched and the more I went through my own healing journey, that stuff basically is unhealed stuff from the plantations. Yeah. yeah. In Jamaica, you know, unhealed stuff from slavery, and I believe that a lot of the wounds that come from those plantations are around attachment. You know, the, the, the way that the um, that our ancestors were treated and the way children were treated, they were very, very intentional about breaking the bonds between the mothers and the parents so they could maintain control. If they weren't attached to their parents, then they would have to attach to their white masters mm-hmm. so, um, emotionally. So if psychologically and emotionally and physically we weren't attached, we weren't allowed to attach to each other, then we remained, you know, we remained... Um, in power with, with with them yeah and not each other and i think you know when you think about it and i say this all the time yeah, none of our ancestors went to therapy mm-hmm. they, left those, they left the plantations and none of our ancestors went to therapy yeah and so you know black women have had a huge huge task to continue to give birth to our children raise our children carry them deal with our own trauma and try and raise raise children in that process. Yeah. So the wounded daughters. Anyway, I went into I went into um, 
recovery from addictive relationships as a result of, of the stuff I was telling you before about the attachment stuff. I learned, I realized that my pain and my stuff around my inability to have relationships was because I, I had attachment wounds around my mum. Mm. And um, I just found myself in, in relationships that were, that were dysfunctional, that were addictive, that were abusive. Um, so I went into recovery from addiction. Addiction is not just about drinking drugs, which a lot of people just think that. Mm. It can be, you know, relationships. It can be, it can be, um, you know, it can be uh, sex. It can be food. It can be, mm. you know, gambling, whatever it is. It could be shopping. People don't realise that even shopping can be an addictive thing and can cause a whole lot of problems with family. So there's, there's exactly. so many different, yeah. Sorry, go on. Exactly. It's anything that masks, anything that we use to mask pain, basically. Mm can become can can become addictive um and so um yeah just kind of going back to the wounded daughters thing i just wanted to share that story because i i went through such a a huge journey with my own mom and my own recovery process my own healing process that i just wanted to share that and i i knew for a fact that there were so many black women out there that were suffering from the same thing I see it in Facebook groups. I see yeah. in, um, I see it in the way people behave. I see it in, you know, just in what the things that people say. And there's such a huge stigma around black women having those conversations because we've already, we're already, we're already trying to deal with white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd like to say as well that there's also that stigma around talking your business and getting counselling. Yeah. Like black people don't go counselling. Black people don't get therapy. Do you get what I mean? So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's a reason for that. I understand that. And, you know, mm. one of the reasons, another reason why I really wanted to drill down and do this work is because, you know, I, I did actually start my training as a psychotherapist. It's something that I am going to continue next year. Mm. Um, but in the first year, I realised that, you know, the curriculum's very white. It's run by white people. White people that, you know, a lot of the, the therapists that... Um, that do the training and stuff they haven't done this sort of work mm. they haven't done this they haven't done the racial sobriety work so they to, to in that respect they haven't got a clue yeah they and they haven't got a clue they haven't needed to although i feel like they do need to but they won't understand that they need to do you know what i mean and no. the the fact that i find i was having this conversation was i watching something it was just the concept that these people who become um therapists or counselors as it were they are taught by a very white dominated curriculum as it were like and it doesn't address the kind of issues that black people have to go through or have been going through so they won't understand it so they're coming from their middle class background coming to um, go through their their training or or studies or whatever get their their degree and then they come in and they're they're being a therapist and counselor to black people and they cannot to it at all they have their their own judgment because even then there was um i think Recently, there was that issue with that, that sociology book, the GCSE sociology book. So that gives a perfect example, just a small snippet, a small window, but it's a perfect example of how they're educating people to become therapists in yeah. that kind of field. Mm. Yeah, and it's very, very tricky um, because, you know, a lot of the black therapists as well, there are black therapists out there now, thank goodness, there are a lot more mm. of them coming out. And, you know, and I have spoken a lot about this organisation in the UK called Batten. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, E-double I have. ATN. I've always... You know, told people if you're looking for a black therapist, go here. Because That's where I found mine. So yeah, I know good. about him. <laughs> because they, 
that it's, 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 it's great because then there are black therapists out there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that all black therapists are doing this work because no. they're not. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are trained in these white organisations. And to be honest with you, you know, I have black therapists coming to me wow. to talk about stuff. And I haven't even finished my training yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they, they understand that that aspect, the aspect that I talk about, the racial sobriety aspect, the healing bit around the cultural stuff is something that they're still getting their head around it. Yeah, Some and it's still getting the head around it. And it's interesting because whilst I say, whilst you know, we're talking about having a black therapist, a black person having black therapists, there are some black people that might not feel comfortable with black talking to black therapists because of the judgment between, you know, both black people. So they might feel more comfortable speaking to someone else of a different race, which is fair enough as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, yeah. Personally, I I didn't feel comfortable with that. I don't, you know, but and a lot of people since knowing that I've been to a black therapist, they've always asked me those details because of wanting and knowing that they could search for or have a black therapist do you know what yeah. I mean yeah um 100% your wounded daughters project how did how did did you talk to your mum about about that at all no I didn't at the time um I I actually had no contact okay I had no contact with my mum I had to take myself out of that relationship in order for me to heal because it was just so triggering. It was Mm -hmm. so triggering and it was so painful. And I also had to accept the fact that, you know, my mum doesn't have the same resources that I do. Mm. She doesn't have the tools that I do. She doesn't, you know, my mum's not in therapy. She she doesn't go to recovery meetings. She's not reading the books that I'm reading. She doesn't have the support network. And it's important, it was important for me to remember that I can't expect my mum to respond in the way that I want her to mm. respond without mm-hmm. the tools that I have. Um, and that was really, really painful because there is that inner child, that that small part of me that desperately wants her to get it, that desperately wants her to say, I'm sorry, that desperately wants her to just, to under, you know, to connect with me. And, you know, my inner child wants her to be Oprah. <laughs> yeah. You know? She, my only child is desperate for her to be my mom. But I, yeah. you know, going through the, the healing process, the recovery process, the therapy stuff helped me to understand that my mom is also an ad, she's a wounded adult child. She's, mm-hmm. My mom is also a wounded daughter. And that's not to excuse, no. you know, her yeah. behavior, but that's facts. She, I can't expect her to be what I need her to be without the tools or, or the going through what I've been through in terms of the, the therapy and all the rest of it. She just can't do it. It's like they say, so, vic- victims of victims. That's, that's yeah. that cycle. Exactly, okay. exactly. But I think, what, you know, what I will say on that, because I have had people say that to me, oh, you know, well, you, you, you know, maybe you shouldn't really be saying that about her because she's also a victim. She's a victim of white supremacy. Mm. She, you know, she's a victim of what her parents did to her. My mum's got her own issues that, you know, that are unhealed. But what's important to remember is that as part of that healing process, it's important to separate those two things because I think a lot of us remain silent because our mother's stories silence our own. Our mother's yeah. stories are silencing our own pain and our own ability to speak up. So then we just end up recycling the pain. Mm. So the healing process requires us to, number one, to understand our own story and do our own healing and do our own raging 
and feeling our emotions separate. Not with her, because I had to do all, all, all of that raging and all the stuff that I went through. I had to do that in therapy. I couldn't do that with her. Mm. I had to do it in this because it, it's just well, it's just not safe. Because you know, at the end of the day, you just end up in situations where you're just not going to be heard, and it just becomes more traumatic. Mm. Becomes more traumatic. So the safe place for me to process all of that stuff, to get angry, to grieve, to do all that stuff, is to do it in a safe space, a safe black space. Initially, it's interesting what you were saying earlier about not feeling safe with them. Um, with white therapists but you know some of the first therapists i had were white because i was too triggered by the black ones mm -hmm. and that's what i was saying enough. yeah yeah that's what i was getting at it was a process yeah yeah you know it was a, it was a process so i and i didn't realize it at the time it's only after i've done so much work i was like oh my god the reason why i'm avoiding black therapists is because i'm triggered by them mm. i'm triggered by black women you know so I understand that. I really, really, really get that now. So now I've got, I've got, um, I've got a black one. I've had, a, you know, I had a black male therapist for quite a long time, and I'm just sort of transitioning to a, to a female one now, actually, a black female therapist. And and now I, because I understand my own triggers around my mum and all of that kind of stuff, I understand now if I do get anxious or whatever in the sessions or stuff comes up. I know what it, I know where it comes from, but I see a lot of black women don't really understand it at that depth. They just think, "Oh no, I can't, I can't go and see a black therapist because of," and they might make it about that person, mm. not realizing that it's actually the mother wound is getting triggered by it. Yeah. You know, so it's that's what that's it's, that's why I share this stuff. I share, and that that's why I think you know the stuff that I do it resonates with people because they're beginning to understand that there's so many layers to this stuff and it's deep. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I certainly think that what you're doing is super important, and I'm so proud. Not that it's for me to be proud of you, but like that. But I'm so proud that I know you in that kind of capacity. Oh, we're, thank you. We were friends on social media for a while, mm. and um, it's inspirational as well because, again, like I said, especially I don't know in, in the USA, people are a little bit more open with talking about their business. But here in the UK, black people here or black people from the West Indies, we don't really chat about our, our stuff so openly. Mm. So it's it's yeah, it's definitely um, well. Yeah, um, I was gonna say with your healing process, how is that? Have you? How has your mum um, received that? Has she received your healing? Okay, she's been okay with the healing? Um, do you know, it's interesting. Like I was saying before, I had a period of time, probably about four and a half years, where I didn't have any contact with them at all. Like, I literally had to just separate mm. because I had to do that in order to do that work because what was happening was I got to a point where I was just getting so triggered. This is before I started doing this work. Okay. Um, I was just getting, as you know, I started doing the work before then, but um, before I cut off, actually, when I was doing the work, that's when I realised that I knew that I had to separate because mm. I knew that when I was in contact with my mum, I would just, I would just go into my my five year old, my wounded five year old, yeah. my angry teenager, my internal angry teenager. That like, man, this stuff is making sense. I'm sort yeah, of no, it's making sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, I would either go into my, you know, my my sort of wounded five year old or my angry teenager when I had have contact with her. So I just thought, you know what? I need to go into my healing process and I have to separate in order to, for me to grow up emotionally 
I need to go into my own process so that I can allow myself to be to to be emotionally safe because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe, and I and I needed to do that for my for my own child because I couldn't parent either. I couldn't parent. I'm going through. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very Too difficult. Triggering. It's I've, like being yeah. five year old trying to parent another another young child. That's not going to work. And then your child is watching you be a child with your with their exactly. grandma. It's it's very yeah. It's not it's not right. Well, not exactly. not right, but it's not helpful, conducive. Okay, so, so um, just to finish, what just to just to yeah, wrap, to cut you, but just to wrap up what you said. I think what you were getting at is how does my how do my family feel about the work that I'm doing? Also yeah, my mom, <laughs> but she's not. You know, she's never spoke to me about it, and I know she, I know that she has. Um, there was a, what happened was there was a piece that I wrote. I don't know if you read the piece that I wrote about why um, black people still whoop their children. Did you read that piece? I think yes, I did. Um, yeah. it's, it's the piece that I wrote for Dr. Stacey Patton's website. Yes, a brilliant and, um, person. I've I, I read some of her work before, so yeah, yeah. Yes, I love her work. She's mm. an amazing, amazing human being. But yeah, I wrote a, a piece for her about you know my own thoughts and feelings about why black people still whoop their children. And um, I didn't hear it directly from my mum, but. You know, there was one of my um, one of my other family members kind of basically just sent me a really angry message saying, "Why wow. are you doing this?" And you know, you, that's not her experience. You know, the 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 family member that was writing that to me that wasn't her. She's never experienced my parents like that, my mum like that. So I understand where she was coming from, but I still had the right to my experience, and so. Mm-hmm. And so I know that my, you know, that my mum knew that I'd written that piece, but she never, she, she's never um, said anything. And I think the thing that's this, even though the stuff that I've written about is difficult to hear, I think the angle that I come from is not that I'm cussing any family members. And I think that's why it's, even though it's difficult, it must be, I mean, I'm making this up, by the way, you know, mm-hmm. it may be, it must be difficult for her to read or to hear, but at the same time, it's not coming from a place of revenge mm. or malice or, you know, it's coming from a place of, well, this is my experience. And if you're going through this, this is how, this is how um, I want you to know that you're not alone, number one. And number two, this is what I did to heal it. So it's not just me ranting on, ranting on social media about how my mum's terrible and this, that, and the other, isn't she an evil person? I'm not saying any of that. Mm. And I think that's why people are resonating with what I'm saying, because they can tell that it's not coming from a place of malice. And I think, you know, my mum hasn't said anything. I think maybe, maybe that's what she feels. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know. Mm. Maybe that's why she hasn't said anything to me directly about it, because I'm not cussing her. I'm not. I'm saying that I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand, but it hurt. yeah. You know, and also with the cultural context, it's, it's not just about, it's not, really this stuff has nothing to do with my mum. There's a bigger picture beyond my mum's behaviour. Yeah, yeah, and that's beyond important. My yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think so, the, yeah. the, reason, the reason why I was asking that is because a lot of people that will be listening listening to this, and um, they they would they feel at times perhaps um, restricted, and they're having to internalise their pain for fear mm. of offending family members. With what they're going through do you know what i'm saying and yeah so they're kind of restricted to who they can talk to you know mm. they're restricted to to addressing the issue with that family member and then they're also restricted with who they can in, in terms of like their peers who they can talk to because they don't want to have the judgment from their peers mm. on their family so it's interesting that that yourself you're able to be open and discuss it the way that you do 
without being malicious or you know having a negative intent towards your family or ill feelings towards your any family members you may be referring to whilst bringing it like a wider message that it's it's coming from like decades centuries even of of trauma through mm. from slavery do you know what i mean Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I should say slavery, but I'm, what I mean is the African Holocaust, because that's what it really is. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? it is. Um, so, are you still working on? Are you still working on projects with wounded daughters, or is that? Well, I'm actually going to be bringing it back actually, because obviously Mother's Day is, um, you know, it's going to be coming around again next year, and I've sort of it's interesting because I was thinking about it over the last few days because I'm actually doing my, um, you know, I'm. I'm doing my plans and everything for next year and thinking about what projects I want to do. And, you know, I think when I launched Wounded Daughters last year, you know, it really kind of, it shook people up, you know, and I think that, you know, I've got so many people in my inbox going, oh my God, like, I don't want to say this publicly, but, you know, I've got so many people in my, black women in my inbox saying that. And I think you're right in the sense that a lot of people are scared. They don't want to, say things publicly or you know watch me on the live stream talking about it and commenting and stuff because they're afraid of what Mm. family members might say see them commenting and all all of that kind of stuff so I think when I do it next year um it's going to have a very different approach but I am definitely looking forward to to relaunching that yeah um and this is also one of the reasons why I set up the um the bell hooks book club that I'm Mm -hmm. doing at the moment which is which is a monthly book club um, and we're reading um, Bell Hooks, Sisters of the Yam. And that is all about black women and, and self-healing and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to, you know, there are, well, I would say all of the women that are in that space, they're all wounded daughters. Mm-hmm. They're all wounded daughters. And what's powerful about that space is, you know, you were saying earlier about women having to swallow their pain and stuff like that. And that space has just become such a beautiful place for people to begin to start to trust that it's okay to speak their truth Mm. in confidence um and then you know i have boundaries in the space as well around you know when people are sharing and and stuff like that because a lot of us were raised in homes where we weren't allowed to speak or where if we did speak we were either punished for it or we shamed for it or we were silenced somehow and we were basically learned growing up that it wasn't okay to speak you know so the Bell Hooks Book Club is something that I wanted to create for women that wanted to do the work as an ongoing thing, mm. not just, you know, we come, we read the book, and then we go home. I wanted to, um, you know, have this space once a month for us to get together and talk about the chapter. We read the chapter live in the session as well. So you don't have to, if anybody's interested in that, you don't have to actually read the book before you come. You just, you come to the session and we just focus on that one chapter. And then also um, as part of that chapter, um, I create, um, I've created some audios around with it. So, and also some journal prompts is what I call heart work. So mm-hmm. after the session, you get um, a PDF with questions that I've actually drafted, which are drawn um, as a result of reading the chapter. So people can continue the internal exploration after the session if people can't attend the session live because it's in london um then they can purchase the pdf heartwork question questions the journal prompts along with some audio reflections that i include with each chapter so they can actually as long as they've got the book 
then they can do it themselves. And, you know, and obviously there's a free Facebook group and all of that kind of stuff. So people can actually, um, they can continue the, that conversation and not feel like they're doing the work by themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, I really, you know, the Wounded Daughters thing was so profound in the sense that so many black women are just walking around with their with pain with this with mm. this mother wound and there's nobody talking about it and i mm-hmm. even though it was painful for me to talk about it, and i'll be honest with you i was absolutely terrified about what my what i thought family were going to say i was going to ask you about that like how I did you feel inside yourself ter- i was absolutely terrified and sometimes i still feel scared about it mm. real talk but you know what deborah what was more important for me was helping other black women know that they're not by themselves and knowing in my heart that I'm not doing it to disrespect my mum. Mm, 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 I'm not doing it to disrespect my mum or to or to put blame on her or to shame her. I'm not doing it for any of those things. The reason why I'm doing it is because I know that there are black women out there. And to be honest with you, if my mum listened to this, any of my work, she might get some, if she can kind of, let go of the fact that I'm her child, mm. she could probably understand a lot about the relationship with her own mum. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think I've just, and I've just got to stand in that. I've got to stand in the fact that it's not about me and my mum. I tell the story about me and my mum because that's how I relate to other black women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really this, the wounded daughter's conversation was not about me and my mum. It's about, relationship that we black women have with each other mm-hmm. and how and how racism has played a huge part in the destruction of it and how we can take it back that's mm-hmm. what it's about it's not really it's not it's not really about me and my mum me and my mum is just to help to share my own personal experience so i can connect with other people about how i did it yeah it's like the vessel it's like the the book, as it were, I don't know how I'll explain it, but it's like yeah. it's a tool, the resource used to get to the, the bigger point in hand, I yeah. guess. Um, which leads me on to the second thing I wanted to talk to you about. Thank you so much. Before, actually, before we leave into the second thing, I wanted to ask you if there was anything that um, you could perhaps share with a listener to help them with a... I guess some sort of trauma they might be going through or feeling with their mum, any advice or something, you know, just a line, a line that you can share with them to help them get going or, because the thing is, what it is I, I think about is that there's, there's many people out there that have these issues with their, whoever it is that they have the issue with in their family, obviously we're talking about mothers and daughters at the, right now, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily aware that the issue is not with them. The issue is with um, the traumas that surround it, perhaps. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally get you. Because a lot, of, a lot of a lot of women that suffer with this stuff, they just internalize it and they think it's because I'm not good enough. You yeah. Know? If I if I just abandon myself some more, then my mum will love my mum will love me if I do A B C X Y Z. Yeah. You know, it's it's those conversations. And what I would say. What I would say to those, if there's any sisters out there that are in a lot of pain around the relationship with their mum and they don't know what to do or they don't know how to deal with it, you know, the first thing I always suggest to people is to is to try and find a safe space. 
try and find a safe space to start doing this work. You got to first start be willing to tell the truth to yourself. Um, and I always tell people to start doing that through journaling, start writing out the truth and to not, you know, you can't heal the wound with your, I'm not saying to say you can't, but what I would suggest is it's hard to heal the wound with your mum, with your mum, if that makes sense. So in order to heal the wound with your mum, you've got to find a neutral space, a safe space to start to unravel that stuff. And there are several ways that you that you can do it. I mean, I'll share some of the stuff that I've done. I mean, obviously, I've you know I've been in therapy for years. I've been really open about that. I've been in therapy from maybe gosh, how long have I been in therapy now? Uh, probably twelve years, something like that. Ten, yeah, probably twelve yeah. years. And I love therapy. I absolutely mm -hmm. I love the breakthroughs. I love the aha moments. I love the insights. It's and I I just I cannot stress enough when you find a great black therapist. They're like gold dust. They are like gold dust. If there's anybody that's that's thinking about therapy or scared of therapy or they want to try it but they're not sure, I do have um, I do have a podcast around it. I do have a um, you know if you go to therapy .net, um, you can go there and there's a, there's a there's some resources there to help you find a good therapist and mm. to think about what you need to do. If you need a therapist, I need to update it actually, because there's, there's, there's a few things I have. How to pick a great black therapist, um, some reasons why um, you're finding it difficult to connect with the therapist, because I, you know all the things that we were talking about before about black people getting triggered by other black people, I talk about, there's, a, there's another audio that I did where I talk about, um, actually no, it was a live stream actually, where I talk about you know, the reasons why people say that they can't afford therapy, but really what's underneath it, it's not that they can't afford it, but that they're triggered by the other black therapists. That's why they don't want to do it. But um, but, they're, but they're hiding that in, oh, I can't really afford it. Because if you want to do it, you're going to find the money. <laughs> yeah, mm. you get me. If mm -hmm. you want to do it, you're going to find the money. Yeah. So there's that. And there's also, um, you know, if you really are broke and you, you know, you find it difficult, you know, there's another live stream about you know well what can you do if you really can't afford therapy so there's that there's that live stream um and there's also about you know how to find a safe space there's the book club as well that i was talking about the book club slash sister circle that, I, that i'm doing um i'll give you all the links to all of these things as well actually so you your you know your people don't have to scramble around for it i'll just yeah. send you the links but yeah you know it's important to have a, a, a safe black space to be able to do it. And the, the, the unfortunate thing, and I think the reason why people find this so difficult is because, you know, the healing process for a lot of black people, at the, you know, when we're talking about therapy and really doing the internal work, it's such a new thing for us. Mm. You know, there's a lot of black people that do things like with crystals and some people use astrology and I'm not knocking that stuff because I think that at the end of the day, a lot of our ancestors use a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But I think when you've got two, 300 years worth of trauma, Right, you can't heal trauma with crystals by itself. They, yeah. you know, you've got to use different elements of what what we what we know to help us heal. But I think I, there's a lot of people that are afraid. The healing is not linear. Do you know what I mean? It's multi-dimensional. Exactly. There's this, yeah, there's so many different aspects to our healing. Yeah, there's so many aspects to it, and I think that people need to just be open to 
having different things. And I think, you know, when we're talking about therapy, when we're talking about going deep and talking about the cultural context and talking about trauma and PTSD and all that, people start getting scared because it involves, you know, it involves work. You've got to do the internal. You can't hide behind, you know, religion or crystals. Or When we're talking about really doing the work, you've got to be committed to do this work. This is no joke. That's this week's episode of the Black British Parent Podcast. Be sure to go to blackbritishparent.co.uk to join the conversation. Thanks for listening. Until the next time.